Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this week is Scott Heiser. He is a consultant in the healthcare and insurance business. Uh, he has just come out with a new book called Healthcare is Making Me Sick. Learn the rules to regain control and fight for your health care. Welcome to the Money Answer Show, Scott. Thank you, Jordan. Glad to be here. Give people a little bit of a sense of your experience leading into writing of this book. Right. So I started some 25 years ago in the employee benefit practice and helped build a company and ran that division for the company. And uh, we sold that in 2011. And, uh, and then as I took a different role with the company, continuing to consult with my clients, as the market changed because of ACA, which means Obamacare, um, I, I just noticed employers weren't necessarily the answer to solve individuals' health care. And, and the primary reason is I thought about it more and more is em, employers in the business to make and produce whatever their mission is. Yeah. It's, it's not to solve their employees' health. So the whole paradigm is, is kind of out of alignment, and, and the focus and the, the attention is there. And it, and it culminated in one day when I was with a quite a large client. They had about 16,000 employees across the country, and had found a program out by the manufacturing uh, pharmaceutical manufacturers that they offer coupons for people that uh, have certain lower income levels or people with high deductible plans. Now, it was, it was a, a program where the individual the, has to call in themselves to get the benefit, um, and it's not guaranteed forever, but it could save. And I had an example where there was a drug that cost $430 a month and it went down to $10 a month. Wow. And the employer didn't want to do it for the two reasons I said, because administratively it, it was going to be burdensome on the employee and secondarily it wasn't guaranteed. Yeah. And that to the demographics of that employer, a third of the population made minimum wage. And the only, the only two plan offerings they had were high deductible plans. And I looked at my, and I, I didn't say this, but I thought, if I went out and talked to your population today and stood in, amongst them and said, I can t- save you from $430 a month to 10 bucks, every single one would have gotten in line. Right. <laughs> and so it just solidified for me that I'm talking to the wrong people. And the people, and then the pain levels because with the increased healthcare costs with premiums and deductibles, even if you can get it now because of Obamacare, you can't afford it. And I said, I want to change. I had a chance to help and save money and, and have an insider perspective for employers for 25 years. I want to change that and get it to the people that, that need the help the most. Very good. So let's kind of take a broad view of the healthcare system. We're going to get into some very specifics later on how to save money in the healthcare system. But let's kind of take a broad view of it right now. Healthcare takes up about 18% of the U.S. GDP. Uh, prices seem to be growing at a faster rate as far as healthcare costs and drug costs and so on. And it's become a major political issue whether do we have Medicare for all or do we uh, expand the ACA or do we get rid of the ACA altogether. Kind of right. just sum up where we are in this moment now that we're kind of 10 years past the passage of, the, uh, of Obamacare, the uh, ACA basically. Okay, so ACA, where, I, where I'm not necessarily an enormous fan, my whole purpose is not to get political with any of this, is to offer solutions to individuals that are road-tested that they can do today with what they're faced today. 
with that said, to answer your question, um, the ACA wasn't all good and wasn't all bad. Uh, the greatest thing that came out of that, I think, was the pre-existing condition elimination. So now people can buy health. It can't be turned down because of a condition for healthcare. So you can get it. Can't afford it, but you can get it. But that, that's a major step forward, and that's, that's cooked, baked in, in, the, in the cake right now. I don't think that'll ever go away. So that, that's a good thing. The problem with ACA, and it, it tried hard, um, is to address the root cause. And the root cause is the cost of each procedure. It, it was very effective in getting more insurance because now there's about 92% of Americans that have coverage either through the government on their own or through their employer. So that's quite successful. We're only talking about 8% of the population. And I, and I know for the 8% that don't have it, it's painful and it, it shouldn't be minimalized. But it's an 8% of the population issue. So those two things, it was very successful, but it hasn't lowered the cost. And, you know, and the reason I look at that is is because I call it the third-party dilemma. And we have a healthcare system that the players at the table are insurance companies, providers primarily at the hospital level, pharmaceutical co companies, and the government. And they all have very clear objectives and are very effective at getting those objectives across the board. And they negotiate. And they come up what the prices are, who's going to get paid, when, what, where, how. And you know who's not, not at the table? Patients. It's, it's not you and I. You and I are not at the table. Yeah. And, and do you know who pays for all of that? The patients. It's us. <laughs> it's us. Yeah. We're, we're paying through taxes, FICA taxes, for Medicare, Medicaid. So we pay that every, day, every single week. We're paying through our premiums. Sure, the employers take a big chunk, but we're paying for that. And we're getting reduced salaries because employers have to pay in so much for the health care. So we're paying for that a number of different ways. And then we have to pay through co-pays and deductibles that have continuously increased. And, and so we're paying for it, and we're not at the table to have our objectives being met. And the worst part of it, so it creates this passive environment that we are just told what to do, and we just do it. So consequently... We don't go and ask what things cost. We don't say we don't want to do things. We, we just become passive participants in a process that I would argue is detrimental to the greatest asset that we'll ever have in our lives, and that's our own life. Think now, about in, it. In other countries, do other countries, is the patient at the table, so to speak? Uh, so other countries, most other, when you say most other uh First world countries are, are uh, a national program. Right. So, I so, mean, so the pay that, that, that's got its negative as well. You have waiting lists and, uh, you know, there are a lot of things people like about it, a lot of things that people don't like about a nationalized healthcare system, where it's, whether it's Canada or France or Britain, that they're saying that you're basically rationing healthcare with a national system. Let me answer this thing. It, it, like any other consumer good, it, it all gets rationed. You either have a government entity or a third-party entity rationing it for you, or the cost in the U.S. rations it. But it gets rationed. There's only X amount of resources to cover what the need is. And when that runs out, you ha people have to make decisions. So 
in a socialized country, the government makes all those decisions. They make decisions of how many providers are available to cover the population, how long you have to wait, what's covered, what's not covered. And there's great stories and there's horror stories about that. Um, the U.S. has not done that over time. Uh, they've left it as a, as a private enterprise. And that's, that's where we are today and that's what we have. And my goal is try to make that more effective for you. And, and the, the encouraging thing, I, what I would say, is the time prior to that is the deductibles and coinsurance were so low that people didn't care. Yeah. They paid the premiums and they didn't get involved. But, but the aperture for change now is, I think, phenomenal. And it's, it's unique because I've been doing this since 1986, 87. Hillary Clinton tried to do it in the early 90s, failed miserably because they, the components just weren't all right there. What you have now to shift people into actual consumers of healthcare is you have pain. And we've talked about that, the higher premiums, the higher out-of-pockets, very, very painful for people and people recognize it. The budding transparency, and that is going to be the key, and I think could be a saving grace for the U.S. so that we could keep our innovation uh, and productivity and healthcare and leading in those areas, but stay private and, and have flexibility. And what I'm saying by transparency is the costs of the services are starting to be available, and the quality of the outcomes is starting to be available. You can't have a you can't be a consumer if you don't understand those two. So that yeah. we can talk. We'll talk more about that. We will. But that's that's there. Then you have technology and the acceptance of technology by I would argue at least half of maybe you'd know better than me. Maybe sixty percent of the country. Yeah. And then finally the app the what you're holding in your hand probably right now or guaranteed throughout the day is your phone. Yeah. You have you have access. And you put all that together, and, it, and it's a perfect storm in a positive way that I think we can get people to become consumers. And, and you know all of other products. If people start consuming and comparing prices and comparing outcomes, that generally drops prices. Yes. It makes it a more competitive marketplace, which in many cases it isn't. You don't even ask the price if it's just going to be covered by insurance. You don't particularly even care, particularly if you're over your deductible limit. Just do whatever. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't care. I'm not paying for it anyway is the attitude. So I got two, and there's so many stories over this, uh, but you'll have to reel me in. I apologize. Uh, so the story about the, the deductibles, you asked me why I wrote the book. And so I'm, as I'm writing it, I'm, I'm reaching out to friends, uh, associates, uh, uh, new entities I've never talked before. And one of was a great friend of mine who's a CFO of a, uh, an organization. And he asked that question. He said, why are you writing this? Saving money? What are you talking about? Once I go through my deductibles and out of pocket, it goes to 100%. I don't care. Right. He, mind you, he was the CFO of the organization. Yes. And I said, what happens every year regarding your health care? And he thought for a second, he goes, oh, doesn't somebody come out and give you a renewal on your health care? Yeah. And doesn't it always go up? <laughs> and he goes, yeah. I said, that's the, that's the outcome of what you're doing. Yeah. If you're, if you're the financial leader of your company and you've got the attitude that who cares once I hit my, my out of pockets, I get 100%. That's down to the rest of your employees, and they're all doing the same thing. Exactly. Insurance, insurance just takes the cost of what that service is and then tax on their admin, their margins, and profit. They really, and, and that's the part problem with the third-party dilemma. It's not that they're colluding, but their interests are not in line with ours because as the cost of the hospital service goes up, the insurance company makes more money. 
Yes. So it's like, it's like the fox guard in the hen house. Yes, indeed. Very good. All right, we have to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Scott Heiser. Uh, he is an, a consultant in the healthcare business and insurance business for a long time. Uh, his website is uncoveredhc.com, and he just came out with a new book called Healthcare is Making Me Sick, Learn the Rules to Regain Control and Fight for Your Healthcare. We'll be back after this. Are you sick and tired of earning only 0.1% on your bank account saving? Well, it's time to earn much more interest by opening a Wealthfront cash account. Right now, Wealthfront is paying a 1.78% annual percentage rate on your cash. That's about 19 times more than the average of 0.9%, which banks are paying these days. With that much of a higher rate, you can accumulate as much in four months that it would take you 50 years to build up in a traditional bank. Every year you make the New Year's resolutions to eat healthier, work out at a gym, and earn more money. Well, now you can keep that last resolution effortlessly with a Wealthfront cash account. There are no fees to set up an account, and your money is insured up to $1 million by the FDIC through their partner banks. It only takes $1 to open an account, which you can do quickly online or over the phone. Wealthfront currently has about $22 billion in client assets on deposit. Clients have earned over $70 million in interest on their cash accounts. In addition to being a great place to earn much more interest on your money, Wealthfront's an ideal place to manage your money. You can save, plan, invest, and get solid financial advice all in one place. In fact, my son, who works in the high-tech field, has moved all of his assets from a traditional brokerage firm to Wealthfront and put it in a managed basket of index funds, which have performed extremely well. Right now, you can sign up for the Wealthfront cash account in less than five minutes by going to Wealthfront.com slash money. Go to Wealthfront.com slash money and start earning 19 times more interest than you get from a bank. That's Wealthfront.com slash money. Wealthfront is not a bank. Cash account is offered by Wealthfront Brokerage LLC, member FINRA SIPC. Wealthfront conveys funds to partner banks who accept and maintain deposits, provide the interest rate, and provide FDIC insurance. The APOI is subject to change. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. 
You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Scott Heiser. He is a consultant in the insurance and healthcare business. Uh, His website is uncoveredhc.com. And you can find out more about him at his book, Healthcare is Making Me Sick, Learn the Rules to Regain Control and Fight for Your Healthcare. Welcome back to the show, Scott. Thanks so much. Tell some people what what they can find at uncoveredhc.com. So uh, uncoveredhc.com is a website that's going to provide you practical applications, how to learn more about your healthcare experience. Uh, It will show you how to save money, where to go, reference sources to do further research yourself, to find costs, to find outcomes, uh, to find out techniques, how to save. It'll explain um, certain things about how to pay for uh, healthcare, and traditionally most people do that through insurance, so it'll help you through there. Uh, and then it'll keep you up to date. Uh, we have a, a pharmaceutical section under called Ken's Capsules that'll give you updated of what's happening in the pharmacy world and, again, how you can save money doing that. And then we're, we bring in people and encourage all your listeners to call in and give us examples. We're constantly seeking out people and, and actually encouragingly finding them very easily these days who have found ways to save money. So we want to tell people stories of how they did it because we're not the only ones that have the only answer. Uh, people out there have their own ways to do it very successful and we want to become a a a forum for people to share how they have been successful in getting better outcomes so our goal is to empower people to become consumers of healthcare, improving their outcomes while reducing their cost one area specifically you have on the website is about prescriptions you have how to save on your prescriptions using prescription discount cards in other words just tell people briefly how they can save money on their prescriptions and there's actually quite quite a few ways. Um, and I don't know if you've seen, there's a, an ad out now with Single Care with Michael um, uh, Sheen. Yes. Uh, Martin Sheen, excuse me. Not, am I, it's going on a, a big tirade on how drugs gone out, out of control and everything else. And uh, then the, the pharmacist leans over and says, if you use Single Care, they can cut 80%. And, and a, a, there, there are avenues like that. There's Single Care is one of the... Uh, coupon cards out there that reduce healthcare costs. Uh, I'll go into a little bit of that. So there's GoodRx, Single Care. There's a number of them. We partner with Single Care, but you should look at them all. And that's that's our philosophy. Is there's a lot of things out there. Look at them all. Uh, no no one source is going to be answer for everybody. Uh, but those are those are programs that use volume. And and the key here is like any consumer goods product, volume is king. So if there's more volume, people can get better pricing. Um, you would think you'd get that through your employer and through the insurance company, but I've got examples where a $200 drug, you took one coupon, a $200 drug through your insurer, so they've already got their lower best cost, became a $150 co- uh, drug with one coupon, became a $100 coupon or drug with uh, another coupon. So that cut the cost in half of that drug. So you should shop. You should shop to do that. You also want to look at which pharmacies you go to. There's different costs all across the board. The big box office, buy not box office, the big shop, box shops, Walmart, Costco, so on and so forth, Sam's Club, uh, Target. They're, they're luring people in. They use, sometimes they use a lot of drugs as loss leaders to bring you into the store. Why not? Take a look at it and see if you can get a better price doing that. Uh, you can also look in, at vo- uh, volume again is king. So if you've got a maintenance drug, 
there's two ways to look at it. So if you've got a maintenance drug that you're going to take every single month and your doc's scripting you 60, 30, 16, or 90 days, the most stop out at 90 days, you go get a 90-day supply. What happens if you, get, you tell your doc, give me a 365, 365-day supply? What's cool is you can go into these coupon programs and put a 365-day supply in and look at the cost difference. You'll be surprised. You might get a 20% reduction. Again, volume. Just think yeah. about how you do other things and you can do that. There's also... Uh, uh, programs called POP programs, patient assistant programs out there. It's not, it's, it's a coupon program or a discount program different from the ones I just mentioned. And it's provided by the manufacturers. And this is the case I, I used earlier with the, the company example that would, wouldn't take, wouldn't put this program in. But you could, if you are a certain income level or you have a high deductible plan, you can get significant reductions in your drugs. I, had, I gave you the example of 432 down to 10 bucks a month. Do you have plan- to be poor to, to qualify for that? No. So here's, excuse me, strike that. Each one's different. So what I'd encourage, and they're, they're generally, uh, they're not generally, they're uh, for single, uh, uh, specialty drugs and single source drugs, where it's the only drug out there. And single source means that you don't have an option, option yeah. for generic or other, other brands uh, with the same, same drug. So that, that's what they're for. For the PAP programs, there's a site HopeRx that lists about 330 of them. So that makes it easy. That's in our book and it's on our website that you can just dial it up, see if the drugs on there. Yep. You'll have to call. So if your income's certain level, yeah, you qualify. If you have a high deductible plan, you qualify. I, I pers- personally had a drug 700 bucks. It was a it was a, a, a dermatology skin ointment 700 dollars. Called in. All I did is called and said I was on a high deductible plan. 35 bucks. Wow, what a difference! Amazing. And, wow. I, and I, I'll say. I don't, I'm not on the end that I would qualify for low income. And I, I've done this a couple times to test it, and all I had, all I had to do was call. I'm not saying it's going to work for everybody, but if it's just phone calls and looking up on the Internet and you could save that kind of money and you got a high deductible plan, boom. It's worth it, indeed. It's, it's worth it. Yeah. Well, while we're on the topic of drugs, this is obviously a major political issue as well, but everybody says they want to control drug costs. The drug companies will say, the reason our drug costs are higher is we're paying for research and development, and the rest of the world is taking advantage of it by basically doing price fixing on drugs. Do you think we can control drug prices and not stop innovation? Because it's so expensive to come out with new drugs. That's a loaded question. Yeah. Um, so what what they're what you're referring to is this other countries are we. Pharmaceutical manufacturers in the U.S. are selling the same drug that they're selling us to another country at a significantly lower price. Right. And the, is- the issue they're saying is, if we don't, they'll develop the drug themselves and we'll lose the whole market. Um, I think we have to, look, it's the definition of insanity. If we keep going down the same path and doing exactly what we're doing now, the drug prices are going to continue to go up <laughs> and we're not going to have anything any different. And we'll, we'll price ourselves right out of the market. Uh, so I would say we should we should start trying to do things differently. Uh, and and there's the, the EpiPen is an example. It's kind of about, oh, now it's three or four, maybe even five yeah, years it, ago. It went up dramatically, right? Because a major pharmaceutical company bought a 1970 year old technology and and drug yeah. that worked great that you could get for 60 bucks, and they they jacked it up to about 600. Plus you had to buy two pens instead of one. Yeah. Uh, so the public pressure on that was such that the the government kind of fast tracked people to get in with generic alternatives, and it's not perfect yet. But 
people came out with alternatives that brought that cost, the drug cost back down. There's such a demand for it. There's some shortages of it. But what, what I would suggest people would do is in trying it differently is if we get public support and if people on that using the, the means I said earlier with technology, I mean, think about hashtag me too now, that yeah. whole event and how quickly that took over the entire country. We can start looking at our drug prices like that and have effect on the marketplace. If we do that, we'll come up with a, so if we have the innovation like the drug companies are saying, and then we can get them to be more competitive through uh, public discussions, we get the best of both worlds. But how about with like orphan drugs or single source drugs where there's a relatively limited number of people, the drug really helps, but the costs are sky high because it's not a wide market. What can be done about the prices of those drugs? Yeah, that, that, that's tough. That's where you'd, you'd look at a PAP program if that comes out. You can also call the manufacturers on those based on your income, based on certain situations and see if they'll help cover that or, or defer the cost of that. So I would, I would encourage people to, to get involved with that. Uh, the drug companies say there's, we had invested hundreds of millions, 50 million, up to 100 million to develop this drug. We need, and, and I will say the development of a drug, very few make it. So there's a yeah. lot of money spent in drugs that goes that people don't realize is on a drug that never gets to the market. So so that is definitely there. I, I'll say on another side, and this is very avant-garde, pharmacogenetics, and that's where you, it is a burgeoning area that there is genetic testing of each individual to see if one of those drugs you're talking about is going to work. Mm-hmm. For example, in 2017, and this isn't a coincidence, but about 17 cancer drugs, new cancer drugs came out. And they were a couple of major insurance companies and, and hospitals did tests on it and found out it was about a 70 per, 70% failure rate for these drugs. So it's, it helped 30% of the people. But, and, and the lowest unit cost or procedural cost for those drugs was 100 grand. So figure... 70% of the people spent at least 100 grand and got zero results. Wasted, yeah. Wasted. But 30% that it helped, it was worth Phenomenal. It. And so, so what, I, what, I, what I think the market, and hopefully the market goes this way, and you can push it now, is that if we start testing, if we can use our genetics to say, look, that, I'm, I'm in the 70% here. And you know, this would be a depressing discussion to have, a demoralized discussion with a cancer patient, but look, this drug isn't going to work for you. But what it does, we're going to have to find other means. We're going to have to keep trying. It, it makes the market even smaller for drug companies, though, if they're only doing it to people who it's effective for. But what we're going to do is make the utility of that whole process better. Yeah. So that's so if we have catastrophic drugs that are high priced, yeah, those prices might go up a little bit, but we know we'll have a positive outcome. And and have had I said it a positive outcome. So it's worth spending, and that's why you buy catastrophic insurance to pay for those things. But if we save the money on the 70%, yeah. then it's a healthier patient and, and, and a healthier system. So right. that, that's the way. And pharmacogenetics, you, uh, we've got some references in there for people to look at them. Uh, you can check with your insurance plan. Are they covering that? One of the great areas that, it, that does work very, very well is in mental health. And mental health in the drugs that are prescribed there, most providers, I think, will tell you, and I'm not a provider, so I'm going out on a limb here, but the, the way 
the provider picks a drug for you is they do the best they can. They look at your symptoms, they look at your are, but they don't really know what's going to work, and they try a couple, and they, ha- they see how it goes down the line. Yeah. Well, 50% of the times with, with pharma, uh, pharmacogenetics or genetic testings, it, it narrows the right drug right away. Very good. We have to take a break. Very good. Um, thank you very much. My guest this hour uh, is Scott Heiser. Uh, he is a consultant in the healthcare and insurance business. His website is uncoveredhc.com, and his new book is called Healthcare is Making Me Sick Learn the Rules to Regain Control and Fight for Your Healthcare. We'll be back after this. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790, Voice America Business Network. Do you or someone you love have a life insurance policy that's no longer needed or not affordable? Did you know that you can sell your policy for cash? Your reason for buying life insurance has probably changed. Thousands of Americans turn to life insurance settlements to help sell their policies. They act as your representative, getting the highest market offer for you. You've got nothing to lose by simply inquiring. If you're over 64 with $100,000 or more of life insurance, you may already qualify. Call 877-485-6681 to get your free non-binding appraisal or visit FundingLife.com. Life Insurance Settlements. Discover the true value of your life insurance. 877-485-6681. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Scott Heiser. He's a consultant in the insurance and healthcare business. Uh, His website is uncoveredhc.com. And his new book is called Healthcare is Making Me Sick. Learn the rules to regain control and fight for your health care. Welcome back to the show, Scott. Thanks, Jordan. You have a whole section on what you call alternative health plans, supplemental health plans, and creative funding. So for people who can't afford health insurance, let go, let's go through some of those. You start off with saying that the mandate for the individual, uh, for ACA, has been repealed now. What has been the impact of that? Is a lot of people dropping health insurance because they don't have to have it by law anymore? Not really, no, because the people that bought it, uh, so 80% roughly of the people that uh, enrolled as a result of Obamacare came from the Medicaid expansion, and yeah. the, rest, the rest got through um, individual insurance, and the people that signed up needed health care and could afford it, so they didn't. 
the people that didn't sign up were generally the younger people that they looked at the cost of the premium and the out of pockets and say, this is insane. And the way the whole thing was set up, their penalties they had to pay were less than the premiums they had to pay all year. So they went, they just went bare. Yeah. And they, and, and quite frankly, if you're, well, you get it through your parents until you're 26, if you're 26 to 30 and single and healthy, I'm not suggesting you do that, but if you're if you're rolling the dice, it's still a risk though. If you get hit by a car or something, just because you're young, you're you're ruined. <laughs> so okay, so, so let's go through some of the other options. So the first one is what you call short-term limited duration policies. Uh, what are those, and do you think those make sense for people? So uh, individuals can. It's just for a year, and it's it's it doesn't have all the full benefits, but it would it it passed the ACA uh, smell test. And so they're less expensive. And so you can get it for a year, but it's not as comprehensive. And, you know, it may, maybe that's something you want to do if, if you have uh, in that situation. Uh, if you obviously have anything catastrophic, it's not something you want to do. Can uh, you get those on the marketplaces, on the ACA marketplaces? It wouldn't be ACA. wouldn't be through the ACA. No, there would be, you would have to contact some of the insurance companies offering that and insurance agents that are doing that. Okay. The next one is association plans. So what's the benefit of those? Well, so what you're looking at now is, is, is can, can I, if I'm on my own and had to buy insurance, it's volume, right? Again, that we're talking about. So I'm going to buy my own. I'm paying more money. If I get involved with a company, the companies maybe get some discounts because they bring in volume. But if I'm not with a company, am I, what, what's the, what am I employed with? Am I part of the gig economy that maybe has an association I can join and the association might have a plan? And Trump, it was two years ago, changed, allowed associations to offer programs. Um, so that's something you definitely want to look into because you could now be part of a larger group who might be garnering deeper discounts because of their, uh, of their size. Careful thing with that, though, is a lot of those plans are allowed to have pre-existing conditions. Uh-huh. So but let's, let's go back to our 26-year-old. If you're, su if you're super healthy and you're doing that, you, you could get on an association plan. You take their highest deductible plan. You buy a catastrophic program, and you may get it less than, than going through the open uh, the uh, healthcare.gov. Okay. The next one are, if you're an individual proprietor, how to get employer or group insurance. <clears throat> but if you're an individual person, how do you do that? Okay. So again, if you're if you're individual but you're employed, it's all about can I can I combine myself to to look bigger than than I am. Um, so what I would suggest there is one go through to see the associations. Uh, two call chamber of commerce programs in your town. And what's interesting if you're in a major metropolitan area, you think it's only one chamber of commerce. Each county will have them. Each little there's there's more chamber of commerce plans than you know. So I'd, I'd call them. Some chamber plans, if you are if you have a company, legit, you've got an EI, net, a tax identification number, you're in business, we'll let just one person in. Not many, but there are some, so it's worth a phone call. If not, they'll, if you have two people, can't be a family member, but they'll let they'll call that a business and put you into the chamber programs. Um, United Healthcare, for example, in the state of Ohio, has a Ohio Chamber of Commerce program. So then the question becomes, if, you know, I can't put my spouse or, or significant other in, in the program because they won't allow that. Can you find somebody, and this might be a little bit of a stretch, but can you find somebody that does the same business as you and uh, co collaborate with them and create a confederation and then go and, and 
see what the insurance costs are or the flexibility because there are certain there are more insurance plans or there's there's more flexibility if you're uh, a business than you're an individual with the insurance plans yes. some of the some of the networks are lar- larger uh the flexibility there's more carriers offering in markets than than through healthcare.gov so what you'd obviously have to do and, and you i'm sure you have experts on your show that would come in is say what's the cost of kind of incorporating or creating an association between the two from a legal and accounting standpoint and is and is that merit doing this but it's a, it's another way to look at it. See, should you try to become a larger business to get more flexibility in your healthcare choices? Yeah. Now, the next one you have is student coverage. Now, why should a student take a plan at their university as opposed to staying in their parents' plan up to age twenty six? Uh, like, so let's go to a single parent household. Um, I'll, I'll make this a really obvious situation: single parent household with one child, and they have to buy either a family coverage through their employer or an employee employee plus two coverage and they're paying more money through their employer check out the university or the college your child goes to the plans are phenomenal and the the premiums are ridiculously low because think about it now you got an 18 to 22 year old or maybe let's raise it up to 26 18 26 year old chances of them getting seriously sick are remote so the the premiums are significantly lower so then you can sign your child up for that and drop them off your your Employers plan save money there and net out a better deal. Yeah. So again, you just want to look at it and see what what's offered by the universities that your your children are in. Then you've got Christian health plans. I think these are often called health sharing plans. Yeah. Like MediShare. Yes. Uh, there's been some criticism of them lately. Is that they don't cover you if you have some kind of a catastrophic situation. Are, are these good alternatives? They're unique, and you have to. They they are an option that you need to look at. But be very careful when you look at them. They have been very successful over at least 12, 15 years, met the one you mentioned in particular. Um, they're getting more and more people on them because the premiums will go, will cut in more than half. Yeah. So, but the problem is now they're drawing people into them that aren't reading all the small print. They're getting unhealthier people in. We're going to cost and they're getting un- unhealthier and not reading all small print. So the Christian programs, and there's also Muslim programs and Jewish programs out there. It's not just oh. Christian programs. Uh-huh. And we, we reference that too. Um, what they're going to do is that you have to live by the tenets of our faith. For example, I had a friend that did this and saved thousands of dollars a month. Um, could and so he couldn't afford the healthcare plans. He went on it with his wife. His wife, he's uh, his wife is beyond the stages of having children, but was uh, prescribed a uh, birth control to treat another symptom, and they wouldn't cover it because the religion forbid birth control. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So you had, but he was fine with that. Uh, they can have pre-existing conditions, so you need to be aware of that. And mo- and then importantly too, what they'll do is in some way, shape, or form, after they cover a base level of coverages. They'll say for something catastrophic, they'll have, and, and they have different terms for this, a prayer request. You put into the organization and the members then support you and cover yeah. the cost. It's Their like literature, a, a certain way, yeah. It, it's really what insurance is. Yes. Yeah, you know, the old-time insurance is you do it. They'll, they'll also, and they, their claims is that they've had every one of those paid. Now, there's a little debate at whether that's happening now, and that goes back, I think, to they're getting too popular. Yeah. And, could kill a really great idea, but they're worth they're worth looking into. They'll also require, and this I'm a believer of this. They'll require you to find the the lowest cost out there. They require you to shop. So what I like I like their tenants, <laughs> how they set things up. Yeah. 
but you have to be careful. It's not for everybody. Yeah. Then you talk about supplemental health plans. So, I mean, a traditional plan is still going to have pretty high deductibles, co-payments, and so on. Are these supplemental plans worthwhile? Uh, if you'd asked me that 10 years ago, I'd have said throw them out the door. It's, it's usury. You're over-insuring. That's when a uh, deductible was $250 and your maximum out-of-pocket was 1000 And then uh, there's companies out there, I won't mention any, but <laughs> disparaging or positively, would come in and say, you need to buy $5,000, $10,000, $15,000, dollars $50, of this additional insurance that covers your deductibles. Well, it's only 1000 bucks. So why, would, why do I need that? Why would I pay you any extra money? Uh, now, with deductibles and out-of-pockets so high, they can make sense. And so you, what you want to do is... It's, and I, what I say through the whole, whole book and my, my, uh, my partner, better, half, better three quarters, my wife, always says, no one wants to do the math. <laughs> but yeah. it's, about, it's about doing the math yeah. on this. And so what you'd want to look at is if you can buy a supplemental policy or a gap policy, some people call them. Um, and, the, you know, the most prominent one is, has a duck as a, as a mascot. Um, but if you can come in and buy a policy where you get 5000 or $10,000 or $15,000 a year, you'll get that money. It's an indemnity program. It just pays it to you. It doesn't pay it to the doctors. Yeah. So if, if so, what you might want to do is look, instead of getting a lower deductible plan, get a higher deductible or higher out-of-pocket plan and supplement them with one of these programs so that the event that you do get sick. Because the whole thing is you don't want to pay for something that you either know is going to happen and you can afford so you don't want to pay for that because the insurance company, again, puts admin, margin, and profit on top. Right. You only want to insure the catastrophic. So if you think you can handle your budget with the things you've known, you, like you said, the motorcycle accident, the car accident, you can't afford that. So take a maybe maybe a $9,000, $8,000 out-of-pocket total and buy $10,000 from one of these supplemental programs. You'll get a lower premium on the $8,000 out-of-pocket. And these programs, depending on your age, you know, might be $25, $30 bucks a month. Then you've got a thing on specific, uh, there are critical illness programs. You can just buy insurance for just cancer or just organ transplants or for specific things like that. Do those make sense? Well, I would buy a comprehensive one. I wouldn't buy one for one condition. So the, 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 the gap programs I was talking about earlier, I would, I would not buy one that's only doing one disease state because there are policies out there now that will incorporate numerous ones, all, you know, the big five. They'll have yep. them in there, and that's what you want to buy. Yeah. Uh, and then how about hospital indemnity plans that just cover hospital costs? Um, so that's broader. It'll go beyond the, you know, the, the major disease states. And if you're in a hospital for a broken leg, then you, you can get that. I, uh, I, I would I'd scrutinize that as you looked at it. You'd rather have broader coverage than narrow is what you're saying. Right. I'd try to go as broad as possible for the, the best price. And it allows allows yourself flexibility. And there's there's these companies are now making them comprehensive. And so the, the usury part is if they're if you if they're if you're buying seven policies, try to find two or one. Yeah, very good. All right, we're going to take another break. This is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Scott Heiser. Uh, he is a consultant in the healthcare and insurance business. You can find out more at his website uncoveredhc.com. His new book is called Healthcare is Making Me Sick. Learn the rules to regain control and fight for your health care. We'll be back after this.
From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Are you a homeowner tired of making monthly mortgage payments with little progress towards paying down your principal? Does paying off your home in five to seven years without making larger or more frequent payments sound appealing? Paying off your home in full in five to seven years is really possible thanks to Truth in Equity's Mortgage Equity Optimization System, a money management approach that puts your money to work for you 24-7. If you own a home with some equity, have a decent credit score and verifiable income, you owe it to yourself to learn more about Truth in Equity's program. There's no need to replace your mortgage or refinance in many cases. The system works for new home purchases as well as current mortgages. Your home is your largest investment. Own it outright in five to seven years. Call Truth and Equity, 888-262-5540 or visit truthandequity.com, 888-262-5540. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Scott Heiser, a healthcare and insurance expert. His book is called Healthcare is Making Me Sick. Learn the Rules to Regain Control and Fight for Your Healthcare. Welcome back to the show, Scott. Thank you, Jordan. Enjoying it. (laughs) So there are other funding options if you have a big health care bill. Uh, one of them is to dedicate a credit card to medical expenses. How would that work? I mean, this is the simplest one in the world. How many, how many, how many credit card offerings do you get a year? A lot. Yeah, yeah, tons of them. I get a ton. Most people get a ton of them. Accept one of them, sign up for it, find the lowest interest rate you can get the best deal, and stick it in your drawer. And don't ever use it for anything but a potential healthcare cost. So when we were talking about the gap insurances before, you're paying money out to some insurance company that you may never use just to cover your deductibles. But if you got that credit card in your desk, you don't have to pay them for that. You don't have to pay the gap insurer. You keep it for yourself. The interest rates are not attractive, but what one point would make is that if you have a healthcare situation, a healthcare uh, issue, statistically it says you lose 70% of your cognitive reasoning. You don't want to add financial pressure onto that. Yeah. So this is a really simple way to, to prepare yourself for that. You also talk about HSAs, health savings accounts, and FSAs, flexible spending accounts. Should most people, if offered those, take them up on it? Uh, I'll start with this question. Does anybody, any, do you or any of your viewers pay, overpay Uncle Sam? Probably, yes. <laughs> But do, do they intentionally overpay? Do they want to overpay? Do they want to give Uncle Sam more money? Probably uh, not. No. Right. Right. Um, so the idea is all those those acronyms you used. And by the way, the insurance company is is disgusting with its use of acronyms. It's as bad as the U.S. government. And I don't know if they do that just to confuse everybody or or they're just <laughs> not on ball with being a consumer oriented. But there's there are various. Uh, IRS regulations allow you to, on pre-tax basis, save money. One is a premium reduction. Most, almost all employers offer that. You just check that box. So you pay your premiums on a pre-tax basis. It locks you in for a year for your health plan, but it's, it's, it's worth doing. And most all employers almost mandate you do it, but it, it's something you don't want to argue about. You just do it. Then the HSA you're talking about, so that's a health savings account, and it's attached to a high-deductible health plan. You want to look at that. You want to, And when you're doing your budgeting for the year, 
You want to see what kind of health situations you, you've had, what your family history is. You've got to create your own health profile so you understand who you are and what your, your needs might be. And once you quantify that, you look at some of these programs. They'll generally be the lower-priced programs because you don't get any. You don't get any co-pays for physicians or drugs or anything. It's first dollar. You're out of your pocket until you reach the deductible. But you have lower premiums. Yeah. And then what they allow you to do is save money on a pre-tax basis into an account to pay for those. And a great thing about that is if you don't use it, if you don't have expenses that year, rolls over. Rolls over every single year. Rolls over until you're 65. If it's like a 401k, 59 and a half, 60. You can take it out. It's your money. Yeah. So, so here's the here's, HSA. FSA is the one through the employer that's pre-tax. Yeah. And it, it's a use it or lose it. Your audience might know that's, that's a DBE yeah. versus a DC. But right. An HSA is a defined contribution and, and uh Flexible spending is a defined benefit. You get it for the year. If you don't use it, you lose it. Both are great. You can, you can combo the two. You can combo an HSA on a health side. You can't use an FSA on health, but you could use it on dental. So if you wanted you to talk do- about some other options uh, that can save money on healthcare, one of them you talk about is medical tourism, both in the U.S. and around the world. H- how do you know you're going to get good health care if you go to Indonesia or Thailand or other places? Well, you don't. We, you, you have to do your research, and then I, we've got a, a quite a phenomenal uh, website reference in the in the book in the website that shows you uh, that gives you the questions you should ask and and here are the best ones out there and which countries do better and have better outcomes and what procedures since Obamacare that that's not as much an issue because before you couldn't get covered and you had to find cheaper costs so you go to you go to um, India's got a number the some of the islands in the Bahamas and and the Grand Caymans areas done some so on and so forth that made sense now that you can actually get coverage. Uh, it's not prevalent, but what I would say now is continental tourism is huge, and it ties into my whole thing about shopping. Yeah, you'll there's different prices in your same community for services. There's different prices for the same service in the community over somewhere else in the state in another state. And when you shop, I, I personally had an MRI that I was in a small town. It was twenty five hundred dollars. I drove three hours and got it for four fifty. So what, what are some of the websites to shop around to find the prices of the same procedure? Uh, one of the simplest ones is you have insurance, check your insurance plan. They'll list all their services, an MRI, for example. They'll list the ones you have. Uh, don't always look at it. It's kind of when you search on Google. You know, some of those guys pay for ads to be at the top. <laughs> yeah. Go through them all. Go through them all and find all the prices to them. Take a little time, you'll find some, some cost there. So you're in already paying. In a non-emergency situation, you can be a shopper. But in oh. an emergency situation, you, you can't be, really, right? No, no, no. no. And if you've got emergency, if, you're ble- if you're, an artery is bleeding, no, you're not going to shop. You're going to go do what you need to do. Um, but for all other situations, you need to start to becoming a consumer. You can also, there's websites like Omino uh, that pulls together 7 billion claims and can show you the costs of those services, and it can show you the, out, the volume that the provider does. And volume's king again, so if a, if a do- provider, I mean doctor, is performing more services in that particular uh, issue than others, there's a prob- higher probability that they're better at it. Yeah. So volume dictates it. So then there's uh, Healthcare Blue Book. There's, we've got a list of four or five. They can do it. Yeah. So you can go to your own insurance company, you can go to these other sites. You have a whole section on avoiding healthcare costs in the first place by living a healthier life, diet and exercise, that kind of thing. Anything unusual or just unusual advice or have a healthy life? It's, it's more of how to look at it. So I've got, what, I, what we're really 
building as a continuum, how to look at health. And so many of the other books and, and people talk about health insurance or how to talk to a doctor or get healthy. What we want to do is look at the whole continuum and you start with a health profile of who you are. And that's how you do any business situation. Who am I? And then what are my objectives and what, are, what those costs might be? Now you're prepared to go through the whole continuum. And so then do you buy insurance? Do you not buy insurance? And what I say is everybody goes, well, I don't want to buy insurance. This is horrible. And I said, well, don't get sick. And I literally have people say, oh, that's really funny. You know, you know. Why don't, yeah. why, don't, why don't you get serious? I said, no, don't get sick. 50% of all the claims in the U.S. are based on lifestyle. Yeah, so they could which, be prevented if people exercised and ate better and so on. Yeah. Which means we can control that. And, yes. and, 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 but because we're in a passive system, we don't do that. So what I'm trying to encourage is, is, do, is walk this logically through so people can see it and say, here's the impact. If you are healthier, you will spend less on your health care. Right. And, and, here, and besides money... You're going to have a better life. You're going to yeah. enjoy it. So, so we try to tie that too, and 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 speak to it. And then you've got all the standards. There's blue zones. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you're familiar with them. That studied the uh, it was five or seven areas in the world where people live over 100 at high quality of lives. Yes. And they and they found it's movement, not just exercise. That you move. It's what you eat. It's sense of purpose and yeah. sense sense of community. Yeah. Uh, I just want to get at the end. Uh, you talk about retirement planning. People think, well, they're going to get Medicare, so there's nothing else to do. What, what do you need to prepare for when you hit 65 when you're starting getting Medicare? And this one shocked me. So when I started researching this book, I had a career of 25 years. And you kind of get in a rut and you go to your, your normal resources and reference places to get information. And, and I totally threw that out and started in different areas and was quite surprised because I had the same, hey, I get Medicare. It's, it's all done. It's, it's I paid for that my whole life. It's going to be going to be a smooth sale. Statistically, you'll spend between a hundred and a hundred and sixty, hundred twenty thousand, one hundred and sixty thousand dollars after you turn sixty-five in your out-of-pocket healthcare costs, premiums, wow. and wow. deductible. Wow. And and I don't know very many financial advisors. Mine didn't talk about that. They didn't include that in college education. Um, Is that because the supplements aren't good? I mean, if you have a Medicare plus a decent supplement, are you still going to pay that amount out of pocket? Yep. Yep. Because you spend so much more on health care. In retirement, you'll spend close to 65% of the entire health, your entire health care spend of your life. Yeah. Uh, we have about two minutes left. Kind of wrap this all up. What difference would it make in people's lives if they follow your advice and do all these things as opposed to what most people do, which is be very passive about their health care? One is you, you get control of your own life. And, e and even if it's that, that health care insurance costs the same amount before, you have now proactively picked that plan so you're more satisfied with it because it's going to meet your needs and you'll find it out. And if you're in more control of it, you're, you're not only going to pick a health care plan that way, you're going to pick your doctor that way. You're going to pick how you live your life that way. So your quality of life will improve. It will improve mentally and it will improve physically. Uh, so that's the that, that's the biggest part of this is take control of your life again because no one else will become uh, at the table with the other entities at least on your own individual basis. And what I also suggest is share it. If you do something successfully, no matter how small it is, share it with other people because if we share it with each other and build it, we might be able to make a change. But at least you'll do it for yourself. And so I, th I think there really is a social cause here is if you if someone's saving money on that MRI, because uh, I had one of the people working for me in the, in the creative department and in 28 years old, 
was like, I'm trying to buy healthcare for my first time. Why does this matter? I said, because if I go in and just like the CFO buddy I had and just pay whatever it is, that the insurance company is going to have a bigger expense item. They're going to put more admin profit margin on it, and they're going to charge you more. Right. So you, it, it is a, a cycle. And if we can break that cycle, I think we have a chance to remain with, with a private system that is highly innovative, highly creative, and also very responsive to the consumer, which it is not right now. And that, that's, that's my goal. Very good. Well, thanks so much. My guest this hour has been Scott Heiser. Uh, he's a consultant in the insurance and healthcare business. You can find out more at his website, which is uncoveredhc.com, and see his book, Healthcare is Making Me Sick. Learn the rules to regain control and fight for your health care. Thanks so much for being a great guest on the Money Answer Show, Scott. Jordan, it was my pleasure. I had a great time. Thanks again. We'll be back next week with another edition of the Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.